Hello, I'm Amber Lowther and welcome to another episode of Fashion Avenue. I've always been obsessed with fashion and beauty. I was always growing up, flicking through magazines. I then realized I wanted to do journalism and fashion at uni. I got my degree and also during that time, for about nine years now, I've had my own fashion and beauty blog. So starting this podcast a couple of years ago was just such an easy decision to make. And while a lot of my guests, we have focused on the business journey, I think it's just as important to focus on the personal journey as well. In saying that, today I'm chatting to Fabienne Costa, founder of YCL Jewels. After leaving her career as an aged care nurse, Fabienne decided to hone in on her skills as a self-taught jeweler and embarked on launching her very own minimal and feminine jewellery brand. I chat to Fabienne on how she mustered up the confidence at 21 years old to launch her brand seven years ago, the benefits of a digital marketing strategy, and most importantly, how she runs her successful business while living with anxiety. So if you want to hear all of this and more, then make sure you keep on listening to this episode of Fashion Avenue. Fabienne, thank you so much for joining me on Fashion Avenue. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Let's start from the beginning. So you worked in aged care in Brisbane. Tell me about that. Yeah, so pretty much I started nursing in aged care, mental health and dementia when I was, gosh, 15 years old. Wow. And yeah, I did that until I was 21. And I also was studying a Bachelor of Nursing um, as well. And um, I uh, then decided to yeah quit that and quit my degree to start my brand. Oh my gosh. So seeing as you didn't come from a fashion background, I understand that you did some classes growing up making jewellery. Is that right? Yeah, I did actually one hour beading class and learned how to make a pair of earrings and a necklace. And that's the only technical formal training that I have. Wow. Oh my gosh. And what a jump from nursing too. Yes, it was um it was crazy. <laughs> so when <laughs> was the turning point then? So when you knew you wanted to do this as your career? Well, you know, I started like I was nursing yeah, and like since I was around 15 and then I started, I think, just craving to have a little bit more of a creative outlet within my within my role. So I think as soon as I started to yearn for something more, I um, kind of assessed what I wanted to do. Um, I had a pretty, pretty poignant trip to um, LA as well, um, the year that I founded YCL, which um, was quite powerful and I met some really amazing people doing some really um, inspiring things. So it was in 2013, I had just a few subjects left on my Bachelor of Nursing and I just decided to kind of throw caution to the wind and being a reckless 21-year-old, um, <laughs> I had to quit everything. I couldn't start a business and keep my secure job as a nurse. I had to quit everything, obviously. Wow. Um, and yeah, that was kind of a turning point. So you were 21 when you started? Yeah, oh 21 goodness. years old and we're about to celebrate our seventh birthday That's next week. That's crazy. Wow. Congrats. It's amazing. Yeah, were you scared? You're welcome. Were you scared as a 21-year-old kind of like diving um, into this? Or? No. Oh, my goodness, no. And I think back to it now, which is hilarious. And I have other business ventures that I'm working on now and launching some new, some new brands. And there's so much more fear around me now as a 28-year-old, yet I've done it. Like I've, I think because I've done it, I know how hard it is. I know yeah. how overwhelming it is. So the thought of starting new things, I find quite overwhelming. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think for me, what I find even more overwhelming would be, you know, asking myself, what if for the rest of my life? Yeah. Where did you find the confidence to do all of that at that age? You know, 
I get asked this question quite a bit and I really think it comes back to how I was raised um, and my mum raised me believing that I could do anything. So I was never told, you know, you can't do this because of that or you're unworthy or who do you think you are for thinking you can do that? My mum was always very supportive, um, really incentivized me to give things a go and always supported me, you know. I was never the first at any of the math, um, and uh, you know, any like thing that was academic, or I, and I was yeah. never first at any of the races, you know, any any like you know, um, like like uh, like sports days or anything. Like, yeah. and my mum would just always um, support me just for giving it a go, and I think I have that mentality. As you know, I've spoken to other people in my um, close circle who didn't have that growing up, and who have mm. a very different view around taking risks and taking leaps and believing in themselves whereas for me it quite comes come quite naturally and it's also a choice that I make every day you know what I mean like there's no one else who's going to make me live the life that I love you know no one owes me anything the world doesn't owe me anything it's my choice every day to live a life that I love and with that you have to have a certain sense of yourself and you have to believe in yourself yeah. and that's an active choice I have to make every day though to believe in myself and to and to back myself yeah that's great advice and very mindful uh, thinking as well like going into each day and making that decision mm. yeah and your mum sounds brilliant she's amazing she was a single mom of two very eclectic girls oh and we had gosh. no support from my dad so she raised us and she worked like 12 hour days six days a week wow. um and still managed to play with me when she got home and right. you know um panned us for my every annoying need as a child <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. She sounds like a super mm. mom. She's amazing. Yeah. yeah. She's my oh. soulmate. Oh, that's so lovely. I love my mom too. So that's, that's nice. <laughs> um, and so how did the first year of business go for you? Uh, I think the question is the first two years um, because the first two years were an absolute struggle. I think sometimes people have this perception of what starting a business will look like and how someone started and where they came from. And actually, most of the time, the path and the journey is a lot more winding um, than what people realize. And those first two years, you know, I'd be lucky to get an order get an order a week. It took us three months to get our first, no, sorry, three, three weeks to get our first order online. And it was a struggle. Like I said, I'd quit my job. So I had no money coming in. My partner and I had just moved out the first time. We rescued a Greyhound Atlas um, and my partner's wage because he just started in his job. It wasn't very good. So it was, you know, I had to put my car into hardship. I couldn't even afford to leave the house because wow. I didn't have, I, got in, I couldn't afford to put um, fuel in my car. Um, and it was quite a low time. I was quite anxious and depressed and, um, and it was a huge struggle. And I think sometimes when I say that to people, they're quite surprised because they just see the brand that's in front of their eyes today. But, yeah. um, it was, and it didn't take six months or just a month to kind of get there. It took two years and two years of that and feeling so low every day is a really long time. Yeah. So, so much sacrifice yeah. too. There, yeah, there really was, you know, I, um, as a 21 year old, I wasn't out partying and buying myself clothing and all of mm. that. I was, I had no money. Well, one, I, one, I had no money, and two, every money, every bit of money I did make, I put back into my brand. So, yeah, um, yeah it was quite touch and go there for a few years. Wow. And what did you learn in those two years, do you think, uh, the first two years of business? I definitely learned how to be resilient and that, you know, I, no one was going to hand me what I wanted. You know, I had this very clear vision for my life. Um, I'm quite specific and detailed in the things that I manifest and how I bring things 
that I want to achieve into my reality. Um, and yeah, I really learned that for me to do the things that I want to do or to succeed in other people's eyes, um, I have to take those steps. And I really, I learned a few things. One key thing being that one small step every day actually makes such a difference. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes it's easy to cast those small steps aside and think, oh, that's not enough. Oh, I'm not doing enough. But actually, it's those small steps that cultivate the energy that we need to manifest things into our reality. Because yeah. we do need to have a certain type of energy that we are cultivating every day. We need to be in a certain mindset. If we're there thinking, I'm not enough, I can't do this, who am I to want this, I'm never going to make money, I'm never going to do this, that's what we will be manifesting in, in our life. You know, our thoughts are very, yeah. are extremely powerful. So that was one thing that I, a big thing that I learned was a small step every day really leads you to your dreams. And the second thing would be to trust myself. I think it was over those two years that I learned to really back myself, even if others didn't. Um, I learned to trust my decisions. And that's still something that I'm working on every day. It's quite easy sometimes to think, oh, gosh, do I have the knowledge? Do I have the skill set? If I don't, how can I find those skill sets that I need? So, But overall, I've learned to really trust in my ability to make the right decision for the brand and if I don't that's okay there's been times over the course of the seven years of me running this brand that I have made the wrong decision and I have fallen down but I just learned how to get back up again yeah that's great advice and like so true as well like you kind of need to trust yourself and believe in yourself and really back yourself especially going into business um, and you know trying to start a brand so two years into it how did you come out the other side when did things start picking up for you I would say that we started doing some digital marketing Mm -hmm. and that was when we started to see quite a lift in our sales um in the people that that were wearing our designs so i and you know we entered the land of instagram seven years ago so the landscape was quite different to what you see today everything was chronological nothing was paid it was really easy to get people to see your posts and even five years ago when I started doing digital marketing and incorporating that into our marketing strategy, the landscape was extremely different. It's not quite, you know, what you see today is quite, it's a lot more systemized and mm-hmm. analytic based and you have to pay for everything. Um, yeah. So it was a really fun time to get into that land of influencer marketing, digital marketing email marketing yeah yeah. how long did it take you to see that success start rolling in I guess there were a few pivotal moments when I thought wow I think we have something here I think the day that we got our first 12 order day we had 12 orders in a day I remember thinking holy shit that is insane (laughs) I remember thinking that and it was just yeah it was you know and I I think it was at that point I was like, oh my goodness, you know. And yeah. then Lord, the singer, wore our pieces on the stages of Coachella. Um, and that was pretty insane. Yeah. yeah, that was insane. But that kind of placement doesn't always direct, you know, um, like correlate directly into sales. But yeah. it was just more the fact that one of my favorite artists, because I love Lord and I have for many years, was yeah. wearing something that, you know, we designed and that we made. And um, yeah. That's amazing. Crazy to think back about. Yeah, it's crazy to think about all that. Yeah. And what tips do you have for business who might be struggling with being seen with all the digital marketing strategy that you had going on? What what tips do you yeah. have? I think it's quite easy in this day and age, especially if you have a budding business that's fresh, whether it's one week to maybe even 18 months old, I'd still call that quite a fresh new business. Um, it's quite easy to kind of get lost in all the white noise. Um, yeah. It's easy to think you need to pay for ads, this, that. But really, when you're just starting, 
most people don't have the capital to be spending thousands of dollars a month on ads. Mm. Um, and that doesn't mean that you can't do it. It's just really thinking about your cash flow, thinking about your capital, how much you've started with and where you want to be investing that time. So let's just say that you're a service-based business. If you're wanting to look into the digital marketing, I would definitely suggest SEO and Google ads before Facebook because you know people are going to be key searching the services that you're offering. And if you can geolocate them, you possibly will be getting a better return for your money as well as learning how to do things yourself. Um, I only started to employ agencies to do certain digital marketing strategies possibly two and a half years ago wow. um, when we seriously started. Yeah, we seriously started working with people. I had a few agencies before that, um, but it wasn't anything specific. It wasn't specific strategies around paid ads. It was more kind of analytics and data um, that I was paying for someone to kind of, um, you know, talk me through, which is a really important part of your business as well to understand. Yeah. Um, but these things are expensive and these monthly retainers are expensive. Um, I think it's really important to go with agencies that are niched. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's a massive red flag for me if there's an agency that does it all. I want the specialized agencies or the right. specialized freelancers. Good advice. Yeah, because yeah. then you're paying for someone that actually has a very specialized and niche skill set in one thing. If they're saying they can do Facebook, Google, and SEO, they're all very different offerings. Right. Um, and I'd be quite nervous to go with an agency that's doing it all. Yeah. Um, and then doing learning as much as you possibly can. Um, you know, as we grow, um, me doing everything is completely impossible. But yeah. if I needed to tomorrow, I could run, oh, I would like to say, 95% of, um, of our brand by myself. I guess um, like yeah. not Not by myself, but I would have a yeah. team. But I mean, like, I am capable in various things. Am I good at everything? No. Do I have a very niche skill set? Yes. And I make sure that's what I focus on. And I, yeah. you know, I um, welcome a team around me that has niche skill sets that are good at certain things that I can't do. Yeah. And I think it's really important, obviously, speaking to different people who have started businesses that the creative is just only a small part of it. Um, mm. and it's, it is important mm. to upskill and to learn and also to cut costs and try to do things yourself until you you know, Definitely. do have the funds. So that's awesome advice and really interesting mm. that what two, two, two and a half years ago that you brought um, agencies in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And there's still digital marketing is still something that we do in house. It's actually still something that I do mostly myself. Wow, <laughs> so that's great. That, yeah. So people might think that we have this very large team of people that do marketing in house, yeah. but we actually don't. Um, we have a few agencies that specialize in certain things, that, um, certain, you know, aspects of our marketing strategy, but otherwise, um, we conceptualize all, all in house, the action all, all in house. And, um, that me being a control freak, not wanting to let go of that <laughs> aspect just yet. Um, yeah. but it's definitely something I'll need to hand over soon, but, um, yeah. While I can hold the reins, I, <laughs> I, I shall. <laughs> <laughs> that's so uh, funny. I find that um, a few different people I've spoken to who have brands, that's something that they really struggle with, handing over the reins and letting go of that control. I'm shocking. That's like my main <laughs> thing, honestly. I'm absolutely shocking at that. Yeah. But I think over the yeah. years I've had to learn that I can't do it all and there are people that um, can do things so much better than I can. And when I actually let go and trust, I'm finding that I'm putting certain aspects of, of our brand in extremely capable and caring hands. Yeah, that's great. And great advice mm. too because, mm. you know, it's it's a realistic part of growing a brand, you know, bringing people mm. in to help. So, yes. love it. And so, obviously, as you said before, celebrities 
began wearing your pieces like Lord, but you've also had names like Megan Gale and Jen Hawkins. So what mm-hmm. did that do for YCL? Oh, look, um, if people think sometimes celebrity placement brings in direct sales, it could be a little bit different. It doesn't always, mm-hmm. um, depending on if they're tagged on Instagram or anything like that. But I think for us, it's just more, it's just more the credibility and having our designs placed on some really iconic Australian women is quite inspiring to me. You know, I grew up with Elsa Goodrum listening to her music. Music. I grew up with Jennifer Hawkins when she first kind of came onto the scene, and yeah. so seeing some iconic women around Australia and you know over like around the world wearing our pieces, it's um more kind of like a pat on the back for us and our and our PR team, knowing that we're getting good placement. Yeah. Um, and it's also just I think really great for brand credibility and visibility as well. Yeah, that's awesome, and and it would be such like an amazing moment just seeing someone so recognised wearing a piece. You'd be like, oh my god. It's- Crazy. Yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty surreal actually. But you know what? Like I think something that even feels more surreal is just our regular YCL customers, just women that buy it, buy our pieces. Mm-hmm. You know, one of our team members saw one of our necklaces on a woman when she was walking walking through France. Wow. Um, you know, the, where I'm I'm um I'm based on the Gold Coast and Usually daily I'll see someone wearing YCL and that still to this day gives me absolute butterflies and I sit there like so nervous and excited. So I would say that is even more surreal to me and for us as a team to to see women around the world and locally wearing our pieces. Yeah, seeing the everyday person just rocking it. Mm. That's great. Mm. And so you decided to find a factory that could make up your dream design. So how long did it take you to find the right manufacturer and what tips would you give for businesses looking to find what really works? This can definitely be a pain point and I know it is for many brands finding manufacturers that align. It's still something that is part of my daily role is communicating, liaising. I'm always looking for new manufacturers because it's really important that you just constantly keep your options open, especially with the way the world is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's quite important to make sure you have a few varying manufacturers in various locations around the world. Yeah, It's definitely quite a struggle. What I did originally was I just Googled somewhere. Like I just Googled manufacturers in countries that I wanted to work with mm-hmm. um, you know I quickly learned what countries would align what wouldn't um, and then for me it was really important to actually go over there and meet the team meet the craftsmen meet the production team yeah. see the spaces see how things are made and I understand this isn't always viable for some brands especially if you're starting out mm-hmm. um, you can also get um, agents that will go to manufacturers for you Um, that you know are locals in the area and that's also another option but for me because I'm quite specific about how our pieces are made you know we're quite um, an intentional brand with you know from everything from the design aspect to when you receive your piece in the mail every single touch point is highly curated and very well thought out and you know we want it to make we want the whole experience to be really meaningful and really intentional so we didn't want to drop the ball at any touch point of um of that process so i would first say definitely just research on google it's difficult it's time consuming it's extremely exhausting um and i'm there with people like i've been on this manufacturing journey for seven years now and i'm still 
sometimes totally exhausted by the process and actually extremely frustrated. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, yeah, it can be difficult and sampling is expensive. Um, but I think when you find the right man- manufacturer, like I'm so close with all of our production managers now, you know, if we share what we did on the weekend, I, I have met many of them. I've met their families, their children, they've oh. welcomed me into their homes. And that's really beautiful and it's really special. And I would just say, just keep, never have all your eggs in one basket. Keep, especially with the way the world is right now, it's really yeah. important to make sure you branch out. Um, yeah, and look at other options as well. Yeah, that's great advice. And so interesting, you know, how time consuming it can be. I feel like, you know, you'd be scrolling oh, for is. ages and your eyes are glazing over and you're just like, oh yeah, my God. Yeah, and look, like another option I do now is I actually go to the arts and trade shows. You can go to them all around the world, but a really big one is um, is um, run in Hong Kong. I think it's in March and September. Yeah. Um, and I went, I've went. i been to a few of the Hong Kong trade shows and that's really great because all manufacturers from all parts of the world go there right. um, and you can take samples, you can talk to them. And yeah, that's just a way that I do it now just because it's all in just a couple of days. I know I'm meeting with, you know, I can meet with people. I can meet with my current manufacturers as well. Yeah, and it's and it's actually free, I think, as well. I might be lying. Maybe it's like $20 for a ticket or maybe wow. it's free if you become become a member. Yeah, so, you know, it doesn't have to be expensive. Obviously, going over there can be quite costly. But, yeah, um, yeah that's, just, that's just another option as well. Yeah, great advice and so helpful too. Like there's obviously nothing better than actually meeting people um, and networking yes. and, um, yeah, putting a face to a name and all of that as well. Yes. Yeah, so uh, before I jump into chatting about your pieces and designs, um, I really mm-hmm. want to chat to you about how you run your business with anxiety. Um, mm-hmm. So when did you first realise that you had anxiety? Oh, when I when I started my business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was definitely the catalyst for all the anxiety that I feel. Um, and over the years, you know, I've, I've definitely learned how to mitigate that and how to manage that. I don't see it as anything that debilitates me. I think if anything, it really empowers me. It's just simply part of my personality. I think very deeply. I'm very detail orientated and I like things to be the way that I want them. So when I can't control a situation, that sends me into a spiral. But I think first of all, it was just acknowledging how I operate there. Um, so I only work a four day work week physically. Like, you know, I work very late nights sometimes and I work seven days sometimes, but um, I try to only come into the studio three times three to four times a week and then work from home one or two days a week. Um, but overall, like if I were to kind of condense my time, I work a four-day work week um, and I usually have Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. And that's a really vital tool for me to use because it just gives my brain a time to rest. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when you run a business, you never quite stop. I feel like it's all I think about 24 hours a day. Yeah. Um, but it seems a little bit more manageable if I'm in my own space, if I'm in my home and I'm in my safe space. Second would be understanding what triggers me. Certain things can trigger me to feel quite anxious. So um, for one example, you know, if we receive stock and it's wrong and yeah. we have customers waiting, that's a highly stressful event mm. for myself um, to try to manage. But over the years, I've really been able to mitigate that with various strategies and developing stronger relationships with manufacturers and setting expectations standards so I think it's really yeah like understanding how you operate there and then at the end of the day you know I've just learned to just be in constant flow of surrender like I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow you know I have you know especially with all um all of the virus it's been a really tumultuous time very Mm -hmm. unknown and you just have to surrender I've chosen this path I love what I do I love I wake up in the mornings 
98% of the time with a lot of vitality and enthusiasm for what I do. And I would say that the positives outweigh the negatives when you, when you run a business. And if I'm there feeling stifled and um, overwhelmed every time something goes a little bit off course, then I'm going to make, make myself sick. I think for me, I've just accepted that things don't always work out and we just need to be able to pivot and adapt really, really quickly. So um, myself and my team are in that state of mind. And then if we are hit with a hurdle or we have some kind of breakdown where, um, you know, like equipped with the resources and the tools to be able to um, just adapt really, really quickly. Yeah, that's amazing. And what methods do you use and um, and implement to not overwhelm yourself in the moment? Do you do any breathing techniques or meditation or anything along those lines? I do. You know, I, um, I think it's definitely a reflection of just my daily mindful practices that I choose to do, which is meditation, walking. I do angel cards. But I think the biggest thing for me is just practicing loving self-talk with myself. You know, I am really mindful about the language that I use when I speak to myself, when I speak about others, when I speak about our brand. You know, something as simple as, I don't know, this is just for one example, if you have no money one week, let's just say that you, you got paid on Monday, you paid all your bills, maybe you did some online shopping, maybe you bought your kids something like I don't know and then you're there sitting you might be saying to yourself I have no money or I, I don't have any money this week even just reframing something as simple as that as um, I'm choosing to be a little bit more reflective on how I spend my money this week and I know for some people they might think oh my god that's absolutely ridiculous who has time for that and that's fine but for me language makes a huge impact on how I live my daily life and it definitely I see the benefits of this when I am faced with with adversity because most of the time you know I allow myself to feel emotion especially if I'm quite nervous um, or things seem quite unknown I let myself move through those emotions um, so I'm quite gentle on myself I don't say you know this is silly you shouldn't be feeling that I let myself feel it and then I just move on and I get stuff done yeah I think it's not necessarily anything in the moment that I do but it's more the practices that I choose to partake in it daily um, that when I am faced with adversity um, I can see the benefits of these daily disciplined Absolutely. God, that's amazing. Um, I actually struggle with anxiety myself. So um, yeah. this is really interesting to hear and really great to hear how you do things. Um, mm. Yeah, so mm. it's that's amazing because, yeah, it's just been a bit of a rocky road for me and my anxiety the past couple of yeah. years, um, yeah. especially with COVID coming and all of that. It was really um, stressful for me. So it's really interesting to hear how you manage it and, um, yeah, the little things like <laughs> language and, and things like that's really interesting. Mm. Um, so, yeah. And I think even just, starting these conversations you know this is I think I think it's definitely becoming less taboo as um, you know we flow more into modern day society but I think it's still not being spoken about enough you know and this is something that especially when you run a business it could be quite easy to look at the owner or the director or whoever's kind of running running things to think oh my god like they have their shit together and I never want someone to get on out to get on my personal Instagram or get on YCL's Instagram and be like oh they've just got all their shit together obviously as a brand we need to yeah. appear that we've got class of like a good shit together and we definitely do. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, the brand's only as good as the team. So if I don't have my shit together, how can I um, you know, expect that my team does? Um so I think just being really open and being transparent mm-hmm. um 
and sharing more of this opens up a safe space for others to do the same. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's so mm. interesting, as you said, like from the outset, it can appear that everything's fine um, and that's great, <laughs> but it's, yeah. it's when you start those conversations and it's really important, I, I find. And especially, you know, being in this sort of realm as well, like fashion and all of that, it's really great to open up and just be honest, you know. I yeah. have anxiety and I, it sucks, mm-hmm. but, you know, I'm doing what I can. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah. So what tips uh, can you give business owners who might be in the same boat? I think throw away any stereotypes that are limiting you, you know. Um, A big one possibly being for me to be successful, I need to work 80-hour weeks. That's absolute crap. Yeah. Yes. I don't even think I've ever worked an 80 hour week in my life. So, <laughs> you know, um, because at the end of the day, how can you expect this baby of yours to thrive or whatever, wherever you're putting your energy, right? Whatever you're wanting energy to be cultivated, how can you expect it to thrive if you're not operating at your optimum? Yeah. So you need to put yourself, you need to put yourself first. I'm a big believer in that and I have, you know, I say no a lot. I say no a lot to social situations and social gatherings. I'm very particular about who I spend my time with, how much time I spend because, you know, something that I've learned about myself is that I need one day at home alone every week where I do nothing. I just paint or I go walking or I, you know, play the PlayStation if I want to. I watch Netflix, whatever it is. It might be productive or or unproductive. I need that time. So Mm. I'm very particular that I always have white space in my week. I don't believe I need to be busy to be successful. Yeah. Very rare you'll even hear me use the word busy. I like the that. word I like to use instead is full. Yeah, it's like full. That. So if I've got a full week, I honor that and I say no to social engagements. And I'm just quite honest about it. You know, I value my time and I can't give to any of my loved ones if I'm not giving to myself. So That's I think true. first assess those limiting beliefs and stereotypes that you're living by, which whether it be, uh, yeah, I need to work an 80 week to be successful or I need to earn this much to be successful or I need to do this, you know, whatever, you know, is holding you back. I think really assess that and reframe that. The word hustle is not part of my vocabulary either. Mm. I, you know, yeah. I think it's so, it's, these words are thrown around, especially by female entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, you know, we operate a little bit differently. We operate a little bit slowly and that's yeah. how we're meant to be. We're meant to be sitting in that um you know I definitely tap into my masculine when I need to at work and then I try to slip back into my feminine that's where I feel and trying to balance the two I think it's really important so I think yeah just acknowledging what belief systems are not serving you and what is stressing you out because you can carve your own reality the that's one of the beautiful things about business and running your own business you can set your terms you set the rules that work for you understand your boundaries get to know yourself and start from there I love that oh my gosh this is so great I feel like you're counseling me right now (laughs) (laughs) this is great it really is I'm like wow like I'm gonna go and journal after this like I'm feeling great (laughs) that sounds beautiful (laughs) it's um it's great but yeah no wow that's actually um yeah really great advice and for someone like myself who has anxiety you know day in and day out that's um really great to hear so thank you for sharing that my pleasure um and so now let's get into your gorgeous designs finally um (laughs) so tell me about your aesthetic for YCL jewels oh she's she's minimal she doesn't mind the odd layer um she's minimal whenever we're designing we really have the female form in, uh, in in mind and right now really the past like 12 months worth of collections have had the female form at the front of focus you know we really want to design pieces that 
make women feel beautiful and inspire them to just embrace all that they are, um, honor every part of themselves, their light sides and their shadow sides. And we like to keep it really minimal. My personal style is quite is quite minimal. So we do have a few pieces that are quite bold, which are fun and playful. Um, and then we have, you know, I would say most of our seal pieces are quite timeless, they're quite refined, and we really design them to be layered. Yeah. I love that. And you do small batches <laughs> as well, is that right? We do. I yeah, like we that. do. Sometimes sometimes doesn't work in our in our favour. We've we've been sold out of course a bit for quite, a, quite a while. Um so yeah, but we look we find um, you know, we don't hold any dead stock, so we don't have any stock that's just sitting there that hasn't been moved and we put on, you know, eighty percent off sales. Um that's not really the kind of structure that that we work by. Mm-hmm. Um and we actually find that most of our designs end up staying on the website because they're just so popular so very you know so sometimes they release a limited edition piece and we will say this is a limited edition and then it's never restocked again um but we find actually most of the pieces because they are quite timeless and just really simple that they stay with us for quite some time yeah I've noticed that they they are really timeless and you know Mm -hmm. they're beautiful like oh my god they're stunning Thank you. You're welcome. And you also do minimal packaging as well. So what made you take that yeah. step? Um, just to eliminate the crap that we're putting into the earth. You know, I think being a fashion tech brand and putting more stuff out into the world can be quite conflicting sometimes. And I try not to get caught up too much in that as, um, you know, I love what I do and we're doing something that we feel, um, you know, adds value into the lives of women. But we're not saving lives. We're mm-hmm. just making some accessories. So. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really important for us to think about how we can minimize our carbon footprint as much as possible. Yep. Obviously, we have to package in something. So there's still stuff in the world. Um, but we, instead of getting multiple boxes with your YCL orders, you will receive one box unless you state otherwise um, in your notes section at checkout. And then we um, try to minimize the boxes. We made these little little pouches. But then we add all your other remaining pieces in. Yeah. And we also use compostable Posting satchels. So you can actually reuse your YCL postage satchel. You can even um, cut, off, cut off the shipping label and put it into your compost. Wow, that's um, great. Yeah, and they, um, you know, it's hopefully just less plastic. So yeah, just all awesome. of those little things, I think, make such a difference. They do. And it's really um, mm. great. A lot of brands are getting more on board this, which is fantastic to they see. They are. They are. Yeah, it's awesome. And so we can also customize um, jewelry as well. Is that right? Yeah, yes. Can. Great. That's great. Also mm. a great gift yeah. idea too. Yes, it is. And you know, it's just we trialed this with our astrology collection that launched in March last year where you were able to customize the small pendant to reflect another star sign or your rising or moon sign, star sign of a loved one. And it just went off and it really showed us that that personalization aspect of jewelry is something that's really searched you know really um searched for in our community so yeah every collection that we try to launch now we try to ensure it has some kind of element of customization so we just launched our new star sign collection called zodiac 2 um and once again the single pendant like the small pendant is customizable so you're able to yeah you know um reflect 
signs of loved ones and you know we have initials we have various pendants um that you can customize necklaces with and you know people want to create jewelry that feels personal to them so i think um the design feature on our website is a really um great way to offer that um offer that resource to our to our community yeah it definitely makes it feel more special too when you can customize mm. something i don't know what it is everyone's mm. like oh my god customization it's just it's i know the best. oh it has yes it has um it has it has my initial on it i feel really special but i <laughs> you know that's how i feel like if, you know, if i get a gift that's personalized like i'm really in love with um and an organized life Yes, um, which yeah. where you can like monograms. I have said oh, I have everything. I have my journals or organized life, my 2020 diaries, organized life, I all that it. notebooks in the studio, organized life. Because you can you can customize them. <laughs> I love everything. Uh, like, yeah, customized monograms. I'm like, great. I just want to see my yeah. name on things. <laughs> on everything, I want my name on everything I could possibly own. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, so funny, but I don't know what it is. Like, we just find it so exciting. Like, it's just hilarious uh, as consumers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. And so where can we um, find out more about YCL Jewels and get our hands on your beautiful designs? So a really great way to get um, an intro into our brand is YCL Jewels on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, we share all kinds of things there from behind the scenes on Instagram stories. We're very active on IGTV. So right. if you want to see all things, and we just released a beautiful video a few weeks ago about the rituals that we do in our studio, which in, in, like incorporates incense and angel cards and oil, like like essential oils and all of that fun stuff. I so love it. we're quite active on, yeah, very active on Instagram. We try to show quite a, like an, an array of our brand. You won't just see a curated form of our brand. You will see some very raw behind the scenes. Um, mm-hmm. I also have a personal Instagram sub yen.yfl, um, and that kind of shows a little bit more of my personal work. Great. And then our website is yfljewels.com. Amazing. I'm going to have to follow all of those. Get on it. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. Um, and so now I kind of wanted to end things on a few random questions for you. Love these. <laughs> love, love all these. <laughs> well, okay. So let's start. Um, if you were a crystal, which one would you be and why? A rose quartz um, mm-hmm. because it was the first crystal I started to work with. And I really attribute that to the loving relationship I have with myself. Oh, lovely. You know what? That would be my answer too. I love my rose quartz. Oh, yes. A dream. So beautiful. Great answer. I'm all for it. Um, Okay. And second question, yellow gold or sterling silver? Yellow gold all the way. Yes. Amazing. So (laughs) stunning. Yeah. Yeah. It's really funny. You know, whenever we have a team member that comes in and starts at YCL, if she wears silver, we always say, oh, sister, we will convert you. And we always (laughs) do. It takes like seven days and they're converted to gold. Silver's great. Nothing, no offense to any silver lovers. Um, I just think that gold looks beautiful on all skin tones. Yes, I agree. I love it. I love gold mm. myself. I used to mm. be so plain Jane Silver when I was like really young. Same. And then, yes, same. Yeah, it was just kind of the standard, yeah. I think, back in that day too. So Yeah, um, and it was affordable as well. Oh, exactly. It was really affordable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's still beautiful. So, yeah. It is. It is beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, and number three, would you rather drink red wine with every meal or never be able to drink anything with every meal ever again? like even water I'd rather drink nothing with with every meal if I drank red wine with every meal I'd be sick (laughs) (laughs) same 
same. Oh, oh God, I couldn't <laughs> stomach it. <laughs> no, I would not. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. I love it. I that is like- such an interesting question. I've never been <laughs> asked that before and I love it. <laughs> I'm so glad. I try to make these a bit random so you just don't yes, know what's I coming next. <laughs> That's so good. I. It's funny because trying to think of like questions for new guests, I'm like, okay, what haven't I done before? So. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's starting to get a little bit hard for me. So I'm like trying to find the most random things to ask. Yeah, I love it. I do a lot of social stalking too. So just well, to get that, some... that would help you. That would it does. help. It's yeah. on my side. It's great doing the research. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Fabian, you have been so amazing. Thank you so much for being so open and sharing, you know, living with anxiety and having a business and mm-hmm. all of the wonderful things you're doing with your brand. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been such an honor. It's all, I'm, you know, I always love sharing what I can and sharing the, you know, different perspectives that people might have not thought of or, you know, and kind of just debunking any myths that people believe about running a business. Yeah. It's pretty much the opposite. Absolutely. <laughs> so, oh my goodness. Well, thank yeah. you so uh, much. You've been amazing. Thank you.